Yo, this is official Shawmer International Film Festival spoiler alert. We are going to spoil the movie we're going to talk about and probably some other ones. So uh, be warned. This episode of Short Market International Film Festival, I have Ali Palazzo, is that correct? Yeah. Wait, okay. Yep. Boom. It's good <laughs> to know that I know my guest's last name. Um, and she is a model. She's an actress. She's a filmmaker. Now she's a guest on my podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone's clapping. Everyone. Um, <laughs> um. So what? What? what what's up? What's, what? What do you, you like? Movies or what? I love movies. How long have you loved movies? As long as I can remember, honestly. Like, like, what's the first movie like you remember seeing? Or and, even, even better, what's the first movie you like remember like loving? I'm going to date myself here. Um, I saw Lion King in theaters, mm -hmm. and that was probably like the moment I realized that I was like, I want to make something like this. This is oh, you, really like, cool. So you wanted to make movies yeah, instantly? As a kid. Wow. Yes. I didn't know I wanted to make movies until like 10 minutes ago. Okay. But I like, mean, if you need help, I can help you make movies. I would love to get some help from you. Um, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, I feel like everyone in our generation kind of has a fondness for Lion King. Like Lion King is like yeah. one of those touch points. Like what do you think it was about Lion King that was like, um, I think it was a mix of a lot of things. Um, the music in it was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. It was a staple for a lot of voice actors of the time as well. And it was part of what I think Disney calls like the Disney Renaissance. Yeah, yeah. So like Aladdin and Lion King and there's a bunch more. But um, yeah, it brought them back from yeah. like, the depths of hell. Exactly. Um, yeah. We, uh, the colorism that was great oh my god it was amazing you love that the animation yeah was insane um jeremy irons you know, one of the voice actors he is scar he's great i um, love scar it's my favorite villain that's your favorite villain that's my favorite ever. villain ever you think he's better than like voldemort yeah it's the sass he's got a lot of sass. it's the yeah. sass yeah, yeah voldemort's not very sassy no you need to have some sass and some class that, is, that does set him apart yeah he's very yeah. like uh yeah, spicy. He has like a swag to yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. That's not a bad. I mean, it's, it would have been a great choice anyway. But like that, yeah. That really, the sass really does. Yeah, the sass brings it up like that notch. You yeah. know. Yeah, because yeah. usually like um the hero has the sass, like a John McClane in Die Hard. Like oh, he's absolutely. very sassy to Hans Gruber or whatever. Yeah. But damn, my nigga, the scar came in and he was just like, like I mean, saucing it up. He fucked everything up. Yeah. He didn't even care. Bad guy. He was, he was okay. that guy, and then Whoopi came in with her attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Who else was there? Who else were the hyenas? I'm trying to think of who the other ones. Are. I know Eric Andre was one of the hyenas in the the new one. In the new one, which is that great. The new Lion King. What did you think about it? The uh, the, the 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 um the live action Lion King. Um, the cast was good. Yes, that's I all you could say about it. I am a huge um childish Gambino fan. Huge, fan massive, as well. yeah, massive. He does everything. Yeah. Um, seeing him as a voice actor, I was like, this is amazing. Um, I might get some flack for this. I feel like Beyonce did not do a good job. What did you not like, like versus the original, or just like, or just uh, like, just generally, she was not. She just wasn't selling it for me. Mm. It kind of fell flat when I thought it was with all those really good actors. I really thought it was gonna take off, elevate her. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, we, you know, 
I grew up, we grew up with the original Lion King, yeah, which was a huge impact. So when you have something so timeless on such a pedestal and try to remake it, I think a lot of the times, more often than not, you find something a little flat. But I think it's because we're partial. Well, yeah, but you know? I think it's also like, cause I think we are partial, but also I think if it was good, if it was really good, yeah. we would have, because like, I think w- between our generation's fondness for that movie mm-hmm. and like you said that cast was like i mean i remember when they first released like uh um announced the cast yeah it was like it was perfect it was like yeah. a stellar casting top to bottom I was like oh this is awesome mm-hmm. so i was I, I, i'll be honest i never even saw it I, I i once i saw how it looked like um yeah. when i thought it saw the first trailer, i was like i don't want to watch this like i, I don't i i realized I never wanted to watch real lions do this stuff. Like, <laughs> right? I feel like they may, should have made them more animated. Yes, th- I mean that's that's what the that's, value of yeah. the, the animation is that you can do stuff that can't be done in live action. Yeah. Like the expressiveness. Like, like this is not an original take, but like, and a lion does not make the like the real Simba <laughs> like a real lion would not make the faces that Simba the fucking no. Like, it, you know what I mean, it has this personality yeah. to this animation. That you just can't. It's the whole do. reason why you make an animated movie in the first place. Exactly. Like, like, yeah. And they did. And they did Scar so wrong. What did you not like about Scar in the in the new one? I think it was the same thing about the animation. Like Scar, I know he was supposed to look sickly. Yeah. But they they took it up like a yeah, yeah, notch was, and a half. Like it's like when you see like a like a cat and like a like a he like, was like what, a feral like, cat. Like, well, you know those, one of those videos where it's like this guy found this cat and he nursed it back to life. Yeah, I was yeah, calling like, like ASPCA. Yeah, yeah. Like, you were in the theater, just like I was like, <laughs> someone needs to help him yeah. out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, I was. And then it got bad reviews, and I was like, okay, perfect. I don't have to ever watch it. I'll never watch it. I don't think I'll ever. Uh, Same thing with Aladdin. I don't know if you even paid attention to that. I remember when they, when they, <laughs> the first trailer for that came out, I think it was like the Super Bowl or something, and they showed um, uh, Will Smith as the genie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, this stinks. Like, this is bad. <laughs> this they is just, bad. Yeah. Um, again, another great thing about Aladdin, the animation is like, especially with like the genie specifically, yeah. is like, it's creepy. The randomness of... It's also, uh, for me, it's creepy. The fact yeah. that he's blue is just creepy. And then, like... So, in real life, it doesn't look good. And then, also, like, Robin Williams brought so much to the original genie in yeah. terms of, like, the zaniness that then they, they then added to the animation. So, like, mm-hmm. he could turn into different fucking... He turned into, like, Frank Sinatra, and he's turning into... You know I mean, like... But yeah. as a cartoon, so it's funny, but it's like... It, like, I don't know. It's dumb. Why would you... Like, like, you don't have to do it. I feel like you just don't have to do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just it's just a money grab. Obviously. Absolutely. Because it, it's, like... It's playing on the fact that our generation loved mm. the Lion King so much and loved Aladdin so much and all those movies. So it was like, okay, like they'll definitely come watch this. And people did mm-hmm. like Aladdin made like, I think Aladdin made a, might've made more than Lion King. Honestly, Aladdin was like a huge, it hit. might, it might have, it was it, like, huge. I think it came out first before Lion King. I think it did. Right. I think it came out after. Did it? They were really it close. Um, they were really close. It was very, it, it was back to back years for sure. Yeah. Like it was like 2018, 2019 yeah. or 2017, 2018. No, Jungle Book was 2017. So. I know Jungle Book like was the first one. That one was one. good though. That was I the first. The, I like the um, I liked, live action anime, uh, Jungle Book. It was good. It was really good. I like the live action Mulan. I didn't see it yet. I like it because it's more historically accurate, mm-hmm. and if you don't compare it to the cartoon, it's actually a really good movie. See, yeah, I, I liked the the like the the historical accuracy and also like like kind of hewing closer to like a wuxia film like mm-hmm. that's like such this is like be- but the thing with that is and i haven't seen it, so i can't judge it but like yeah. i feel like 
a lot of times when they try to like bring like genre films to Hollywood, it's like I'd rather just get the real thing. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. I'd rather just get like another Jet Li movie from like um, yeah, one hundred percent early two thousand. Like he was just killing it. He was like yeah. on an incredible uh, streak. Twenty nineteen. It was the same year. So yeah. Oh, I, so I, it, it might have been like. So we both win. Yeah, we both okay. won the bet. Okay, what do we win though? We win a ticket to go see those awful movies. I don't know if we want to do all that. All right. Oh, we won't do that. Um. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the live action thing, I, I don't understand it. I don't know. I don't know why. Uh... Um, I think they were also pushing CGI quite a bit because CGI has come so far. Right. That they're really pushing it and they're trying to make all this stuff. And, and I think Disney's trying to stay on top. They own everything. Yeah. But they're not coming up with a lot of originality anymore. But that's the biggest problem. We were to- I was talking to um, one of my frequent guests on the podcast couple weeks ago we were talking about like um there's really there's not really like a storytelling really hasn't progressed right yeah. in terms of like like what we're trying to do with stories like we yeah. were talking about like the new spider-man movies are coming out mm-hmm. and like the the marvel uni- universe right now is very big on like the multiverse or whatever yeah but, like, i feel like those stories like okay they've gotten like a casual audience to be invested in like the multiverse but like they're yeah. not doing like enough weird interesting story to, like it's like it's not as weird as i would hope it would be how weird are you trying to get i want to get like like that's I a loaded would, question but i'm about to say <laughs> i have i have ideas i have i could get i got ideas but like have you seen moholland drive no okay are you, are you familiar with david lynch yes weird guy yeah very like weird movies eraserhead right? yes eraserhead yeah like so eraserhead was like 40 years ago yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like what we should be at a point where like a razor head is like the norm now. Like like something as weird as it or that's what I was mm-hmm. trying to say on uh, the other episode uh, episode. It's like what a razor how weird a razor head was. Yeah. We sh- that should be like casual shit now and like we should be like <laughs> fucking like in another stratosphere of weirdness by yeah. now. You know what I mean? Like pushing that forward. Creativity. So that, yeah, you should exactly. be much like, more creative. But like it's 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 so much about like they're just afraid to fucking like they're afraid to do that because they don't, they don't think it's going to make enough money. You know what I mean? So they're like, let's, yeah. let's fall back on like the safe thing. But it's just weird because like you're the people who could afford to do this. You know what I mean? Like David Lynch doesn't have like a, like Disney behind him. You know what I mean, he's, like, he's no. operating on his small scale, but that's what allows him to do what he does. You have the most mo- Like Disney is like one of the biggest corporations in the history of the world. Absolutely. And they're not, they're not trying to do interesting shit. They're so commercialized. You know, it's like... Being super commercialized, being that big, it's almost more of a risk to take risks than someone such as like David Lynch. Yeah. Because with David Lynch, what is he going to lose? Yes, he has something to lose. Don't get me wrong. But he's also known for being that weird. Yeah. Disney's not known for that. They're known for their originality. What's happening, I think, is they're running out of originality. But A like, little it's, bit. It's, 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 but like... You can't run out of it. Like what I'm saying, like, it's like it's it's an infinite resource. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. So it's like it's Disney has the power to let themselves be known for being mm. weird. You know, what I mean? like you could change yeah. your perception because same way the, the Disney had the Renaissance in the '90s of like okay, like in the '30s and '40s, Disney was huge. You know what I mean it's yeah, fucking Snow uh, White was biggest fish in the pond, right? Yeah, and then over time, their fucking stock dwindled, and they weren't as they weren't as innovative. They weren't as special mm-hmm. and they were on the verge of collapse. And then they rose out of, I mean, I mean, the Lion King is not the most original story. I mean, it's literally, it's basically Hamlet, but what they did with it, like the, the, the central storytelling is, yeah. is, you know, the, the tenets of storytelling have not changed 
in centuries, right? Mm-hmm. But the what you put around it can change in order to like, okay, how do you funnel the idea of Hamlet through fucking lions? I mean, that's that's <laughs> that's not we weren't doing that before. I mean, that's interesting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What's interesting now? What's happening? You know what I mean? Like, what are they doing now? That's interesting. Like, I, yeah, I, I mean, guess you say on some level, Disney Plus sometimes has some interesting stuff. So, like, one thing I found that was interesting as an adult. Why are you on Disney Plus? I don't know. I was bored. I was on Disney Plus. They have this like 30, 40 piece short film set mm-hmm. all by like small original animators and writers. Watch a few of those. Those are original concepts with original scripts. And even though they're like five minutes long, you're just like you're following the story. I've seen some of those. And that, yeah, but that, a lot of times. So that's what a lot of the big studios are doing now is like they'll especially Disney and a lot also with like Pixar specifically mm-hmm. is like their next guy or their next person that yep. is going to direct a, a feature. They find them. They give them an opportunity to do these small scale things. Mm-hmm. And then like it's like a, a test run. And it's like, OK, like you're ready. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So a lot of times, like if you watch like a, a Pixar movie or a Disney animation movie and you see the short within the next two or three features, that person that directed that short will probably be the person who ends up directing oh, that wow. feature. Like that it's that's like their fucking like their like triple A baseball. Like I mean like, yeah. like this is like <clears throat> the fucking minor yeah. leagues. Um Yeah. But like I just I feel like there's not enough of allowing those people when they get the reins to do something interesting. You there's know I mean? probably a lot of rules you have to follow, a lot of censorship you have to follow. Um and I think some of that is also involved in why Disney and a lot of big corporations are making things that are a little more mainstream because mm-hmm. they know where the money's at and they're following that line instead of going off into their own path. But you, you can like you could create where the money's at is where I, I feel like. Oh, like, absolutely. Like, the reason Black Panther, right? Black mm-hmm. Panther comes out. <clears throat> they didn't want to make so the head of uh, Marvel and mm-hmm. um, Disney, well. The head of Marvel at the time was this guy, um, Ike Perlmutter. He's one of the heads. And this mm-hmm. guy, Avi Arad. And for years, they didn't want to make a, a, a female-led movie. They didn't, didn't want to make a Black uh, Widow movie. They didn't want to make a Black Panther movie or like a Black-led superhero movie mm-hmm. or like gay or trans or anything like that stuff because they didn't think yeah. it was going to make money, right? Yeah. And then Black Panther comes out and was like, oh, you made a lot of money and you could have been making this money the whole time because like it's mm-hmm. fear. You know what I mean? It, 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 or it's like it's it's like tradition. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, absolutely. Oh, this, these movies don't make money. It's like, well, how many of these types of movies have ever even existed you know what yeah. I mean? like, how could you say this like of course they're making money because they don't exist you know i mean there's yeah. never anything close to Black no Panther one's willing to, to take that leap and you know i was reading about the original wonder woman mm-hmm. um you know in the i think it was like the 40s someone's gonna have my head for this the 40s or the 50s <laughs> i think um when the feminist movement wasn't really happening mm-hmm. and she came from like the amazonians and like there was like she must have been bisexual you know, because it's an island full of women. Um, have you ever seen anything besides the original comics and then the comics written in like the 80s? Anything in between or any films where Wonder Woman has a girlfriend? No. No. They're too scared to incorporate that. And that's a very pivotal point. Or when they do, not Wonder Woman specifically, but when they do, it's it's similar like we were saying about the Disney like small scale short film stuff. Yeah. It's like AAA baseball shit. Like there's a... um. This is the Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy show. Um, I saw that, and like they're 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 together. They're queer, you know what I mean? They're together, yeah. Um, on the show, and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But like, it's 
how soon are they going to do that? Like, when are they going to be ready to like just like, like because it's just it's crazy to me that like yeah, um, gay or bisexual or like any of that stuff mm-hmm. is still seen as like taboo. Yeah, or like edgy. Like it's like like yeah, because even when they do it now in the movies, it'll be like they'll kind of just like shoehorn it in. Like, are you familiar with like how um after the Harry Potter books came out, like years later? J.K. Rowling was like, oh, Dumbledore was gay. And we're like, yes. but it's like, that doesn't count. No, he wasn't gay. He, like, there yeah. was nothing about, and like, obviously he doesn't have to be like flamboyantly gay. What I'm saying is like, there was nothing on the page that suggested that he was gay. He didn't have any gay relationships. Like, no. so like, just, it's like trying to like, um, like virtue signaling. It's like, oh, he was actually, the, the guy you love, he's also gay. So I win. You know I mean, like, I fucking, Exactly. You're I trying was, to throw that in there because you made a comment yeah. that was very frowned upon and yeah. super inappropriate. So now you're trying to come back and say, "Oh, well, I wrote this character this way." Did you really? Do you have any like? Yeah, like where was where was the evidence? The yeah, yeah. Where's the evidence? Like there's a thing in the new um in Star one of the Star Wars movies, and it was like, oh, it's like oh, Disney's first on screen uh same sex kiss, and it was like just in the background of like at the end of the movie, like it was like you know a big celebration, and yeah. Like you just see two of like the rebels. It's like this doesn't count. <laughs> this doesn't count. I know, and and it's like. Come on, when are, when are we going to get over this hurdle? When are we going to get over this barrier? What does it matter? Yeah. It's two people who care about each other that are in love with each other. Let them have their moment, especially if it's written in the original whatever it is. I think it's just a lot of like, you people know? are still like, people think like two, two same um, uh, heterosexual people could kiss on screen. Mm-hmm. And like, let's say they are 13, right? Yeah. And it's like, <clears throat> it's, 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 relatively chaste you know what i mean it's just like it's kind of a cute thing yeah immediately if it was two same-sex people when it's thing, like there's like this whole contingent of people who are going to say like oh like they're sexualizing our kids it's like no kids fucking 13 year olds are kissing like whether it's yeah. like the same sex or whatever i mean like it's, like it's not like a it's not an agenda you know what i mean like then and even like the word agenda is like politicized where it's like no everything has an agenda absolutely like, like, that's like agenda is not a bad word you know yeah. like it's like like agenda is like a plan like yeah like, like, guess, of course it's a plan absolutely like, you know when i hear stuff like that i tell people go back and watch kids go back and watch bugs bunny yeah he's in drag he's in drag he's, he's kissing, in drag he's, he's amazing Elmer Fudd. he's fucking like he's like look at him yeah. like you know what i mean and no one said anything because kids the thing is like it, what we realize over time is that like yeah. we're indoctrinated into these like kids won't question same sex I didn't question anything. anything. I saw it. I thought it was funny. Yeah, you you're not you you don't have like a strong opinion on that until somebody tells you that's not supposed to happen. You're like, yeah, but like, if as a kid, like, okay, this is just like he he was fucking why do you do that? That's funny. I just don't understand why people waste their energy in having hatred for someone that's just different than you. I just don't understand it to the point where like you have these opinions about cartoons or movies, and it's just like it doesn't just don't see it. You don't like it, then just don't go. You know. I just don't get it. We're talking about um, <clears throat> stuff not being like out there enough or like creative enough or yeah. like, original. Like what do you exactly. like, what's something like who are some filmmakers or uh, that you find like original or like interesting in that way that like you're not seeing it in the mainstream like largely. Um, So you're talking like more like small time. It doesn't have to be. I'm just saying like um, who do you think is original? You know I mean, it doesn't have to be like like. Who do you find like interesting? Like their storytelling is interesting. Um, Spike Lee. 
Spike Lee. I do like Spike Lee. Love Spike. I think he's a phenomenal director. Um, for a long time, Tarantino. I think he opened a lot of doors for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also one of my all-time favorites. Great. I mean, I mean, he he took a lot of other types of filmmaking from around the world, and he made it kind of his own. So people say stealing. I don't know. Everybody steals, um, though. Everybody steals. You know, we're talking about originality here. Um, you know, I just I just did a zombie film. How many zombie films are out there? They're like yeah, it's- a million of them. But if you make that one good and original in its own way. Absolutely. One of the things I talk about, you know? like, so I do stand up. And one of the things I talk about in stand up, like what I look for in a stand up, like what, mm-hmm. I, what makes somebody good is like perspective. Right. Yes. In the sense that like there are only so many topics in like, you know there's sex there's relationships there's money yeah. there's job you know what I mean? all that stuff it's like so we've all got to take on jobs or whatever it's like but the way you look at it is what makes it interesting you know what yeah. I mean? like the way like like if if you put like if you put um if you made a if you if you told like 10 filmmakers like okay just mm-hmm. film this shot of this guy skateboarding down the street and turning the corner you know what i mean like mm-hmm. 10 great filmmakers would film that in 10... I mean, even 10 Absolutely. average filmmakers would film it in 10 different ways. But, like, you'll... The, the the true talents will find something in the way to film that that's, like, wow. You know I mean? Like, oh, like yeah. just something that simple, they'll find some... Like, so that's what I'm... Like, that's what we're looking for. And, like, T- Tarantino does that. You know I mean? Like, yeah. so it's, like, it's the same... Yes, there's nothing really new under the sun, but he's, like, he's, he's borrowing from these places and mm. repurposing it in his own image. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. And... That's what I think makes him original. And like you were just saying, like, if you tell someone exactly something so obscure, oh, I, I want a shot of someone crossing the street. There's going to be one person who takes a long shot. There's going to be one person who takes a wider shot. There's going to be different color gradients and different music behind it. They might even choose a different actor. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where I feel originality actually comes from. It's just like a concept and then you make it your own and not be afraid to make it your own. Because I, I, a lot of this I feel comes from fear. Like a lot of, a lot of people are fearful to express what they're actually feeling or what they're actually thinking. I mean, think about it. You know, we're talking about Tarantino. How fucked up of a mind do you have to have to write some of that? Yeah. You know, Stephen King, you know, like one of my favorite movies is the shining, you know, who writes that, (laughs) you know, who writes that and is like, Oh, that's a solid mind. Probably not. But he made it creative and he made it interesting enough where people, follow it yeah it's you know the idea of letting people come to you rather than trying to give people what they want the organic yeah Yeah. because like you like i mean tarantino stuff stephen king stuff whatever there was never like people weren't necessarily clamoring for that stuff before it existed even like spike lee i mean like do the right thing i think might be the the most important movie of the 21st of the 20th century yeah and it was like no one he i mean this guy came out of left field you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. like and it's like he was telling a story that was like to him this isn't like anything groundbreaking this is just like how i see the world mm-hmm. but like the it's like that he brought that to the world that made it amazing you know what exactly I mean? exactly and you know it's confidence in yourself and in your idea and having that confidence to, because I, I was, you know, I've told you this before, I can't do stand up. Mm-hmm. I would get up there and I would freeze. Um, but you have the confidence to do that and you're good at it. It's just what, you know what you're good at, you know what you're confident in, and you go forward and you learn as you go as well and take criticism from others and yeah. incorporate that. And I feel like if people do that more, we would have more original ideas. Yeah. You know, but. Yeah, because, yeah, it's like, it's like, 
everyone is completely unique. You know what I mean? Like even mm-hmm. if you're, everyone's made up of like their experience. Like even a pair of twins. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If they de- if they go like if they just don't go to the same place on that same day like like oh, yeah. their life is just infinitely different. This the, yep. the experience like you always have experiences that someone else hasn't had, and putting that in your work yeah. is only going to make it more interesting because like like I've never seen anything like this before. Even though like if, to you it mm-hmm. might be commonplace. So, exactly. Like, you're a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. What? How do you like what? what like what's your goal for filmmaking? Like what do you want to what do you want to do? What do you want to do with filmmaking? Like, um. I would like the end goal is I want to work in the film festival circuit, mm-hmm. um, doing something along the lines of probably production management or something along those lines, organizing all the events and making sure everything kind of sails as smoothly as possible. Um, so I I take the logical and the creative and I try to make it one and make it run together. But see, when people ask me that, they're like, "Do you do you want to go to the Oscars? Do you?" Of course, I would love all that yeah, stuff. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But that's not the goal. The goal for me is I just want to be involved in what I'm passionate in and make that into a living so I can always be involved in it. Yeah. Um, I just try to stay humble about it because if you get too big of an ego, I feel like those are the people that walk into a room and they're like, I'm the best and I'm this. And, you know, that's it's great to have that confidence, but you also have to be humble and you have to realize there are a lot of steps we have to take as creative people in order to become successful. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, I just, I want to be in the, in the film festival circuit and work for Tribeca or something along those lines. Awesome. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. So like at this level, right? Mm -hmm. Like as a creative, like you want to do as much as possible, Mm -hmm. but you also, you have to be selective. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You don't want to attach your name to everything, even though like sometimes you like, I want to attach my name to everything just because like I want to do as much as possible. Yeah. Like what is your... What draw what like like for the projects you've worked on mm-hmm. in the past like what drew you to them and like what or what draws you to projects in general? Um, the past projects I've done, um, one of them was my script, mm-hmm. so that's when I kind of got in, more involved with the actual organizing and getting the cast and crew and everything together. Which I one ha- is this? This is one day. Mm-hmm. I, I have a trailer for it. It'll be coming out next month. Okay. Um, and you know I wrote it during quarantine. And I had a lot of fun writing it. And once things started to open up, I was like, I really want to make this. Like, this is something I want to do. Um, and so I got a, a cinematographer. I found a director. I, I, like, looked locally, got actors, and collected all these people. And all of us had a really good time. It became, like, a big team. Like, we all had each other's back. We all helped each other out. We all incorporated our own ideas. And I realized, I was like, this is, this is what I want to do. Because my script had changed so much in the matter of the months we worked on it and it's still changing. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's for the better. Honestly, I like it a lot better. So you're like, you like the collaborative. I do. I do enjoy being collaborative with other people. Absolutely. Yeah, a, lot, yeah, a lot of people, especially like um, when you're starting out, like, mm-hmm. like you have this idea of yourself as an auteur and, and whatever you do, even if you're not like necessarily the writer or the director or whatever, yeah. people like, like I have the vision, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For whatever this role is. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it, it's important to learn like how to work with other people. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. that collaborative process is very important. Um, Absolutely. I mean, you can have a mix of both too. You know, you do have an idea as a writer and you do have an idea as a, a director and even as an actor or whatever. Um, and you can incorporate that, but you know, it is it is good to try to stick 
to the things that are really important. Find in your script, find the things that are very important, whether they're lines, whether they're certain characteristics of your character, whatever the case may be. Find the important parts, the things that are close to your heart and keep those in there. Yeah, but you don't have to fight over every You don't little, have to fight yeah, over every single line. And yeah. like, cause they, 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 they talk about, there's this um, quote, I'm kind of like paraphrasing here, but it's like, mm-hmm. there is the movie you write, there's the movie you direct, and there's mm-hmm. the movie that you, ed- like the movie yeah. that, like, that comes about in editing. I mean, it's like it's three absolutely. different movies I mean, in that process. Yeah. And like, that's a lot of that is like, it's going to change for a number of reasons. It's going to change because you couldn't get the actor you wanted. You couldn't get the location you wanted. You um like uh, the budget, the budget, budget's a big one. It rained the day and yeah. it was supposed to be sunny for this scene. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, rain days are important. I, <laughs> I forgot to do a rain day one time and we had an outside scene and it called for rain. Thank God it didn't rain. But after that, I was like rain day, yeah. rain day, like a thousand <laughs> times over. Um, but yeah, you know, it, they are three different pieces. Yeah. They really are three different pieces. What, so like other than like collaboration, like what have you, was mm-hmm. like something you've learned most while working on the film that you worked on? Um, learn from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely learn from your mistakes. Keep Keep your notes. Make sure that, you communicate with others. Those are all things that are super important to learn. Um, and then you have like technical stuff. Like I want to be part of every part of the process because I want to learn a little bit about editing. Mm-hmm. I want to learn a little bit about makeup, um, composing music. I'm not a musician, but composing music. I want to learn every little thing it takes to make what we see on the final screen. Yeah, yeah. because... because uh, when you learn as much as you can, that actually mm-hmm. helps you let those people who do those jobs do their job better. Because exactly. when you know what like you're supposed to be looking for, you mm-hmm. can also learn how to communicate to them what you need yeah. better. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's something as simple as, you know, um, there was a shot I wanted and um, it was like an above shot, a stagnant above shot. Mm-hmm. And my, my, one of my cinematographers is like, well, we need a drone. I'm like, we need a what? They're like, yeah. we we need a drone. And I was like, why can't you just get on something high and, and do that? He's like, no, we this is the type, you know? Yeah. So those are the types of things you have to learn as you go um, that are super important and yeah. that you can learn from other people. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So what's your, what's your, the film that you, One Day? One Day is, what, yeah. What's it about? That's the zombie film. Mm-hmm. Um. It's about patient one. Um who goes from one town to a neighboring city that's a few hours away. She doesn't know how she got there, and we kind of figure out how she got there, what got her there. And she's trying to warn this group of people that this is happening, and it becomes intense as you go, and you don't know what's going to happen to them. You know you know she's infected. Mm-hmm. You know probably what's going to happen. Now it's how is she how is she, is she going to get away she not, like you don't yeah, know how this is going to end for them too cuz you grow an attachment for this group of guys you know for me it was very important to have the cast get attached to them just as much as her cuz you want them to make it out mm-hmm. you know what i mean um how long were you like how long has that idea like what when did you start working on that i probably started that the third week what we were quarantined okay yeah and like, where did that did it that you think that was born out of like the the premise? Do you think it was born out of? Uh... I actually took the concept out of voices not being heard. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, it was supposed to be set in a police station. 
Um, it was not supposed to be a group of guys, it was supposed to be a group of police at a police station mm-hmm. that wouldn't listen to this message. Um, so where I feel like I got it from was we're trying to convey this message to people um, that, you know, there, there's a need for equality. There is a need to be heard and they're just not listening. So that's kind of where that all came from. And I wanted to do it in a very different kind of way. Yeah. And that's how I came up with that script. Um, and there's still there's still a police officer who doesn't listen. And I wanted to make sure that was still incorporated into my script as well. Because I feel like the independent voice needs to be heard more. Yeah. You know, especially with that kind of information, you never know what that person's, what that person actually has or what they're trying to say, you know, so it's important to listen and communicate between, you know, the two separate groups of people. For sure. That's kind of what I was rooting for. How is this? Like I saw the, uh, I want to talk about the the short film um, from the forty eight hour. Uh, you participate in the forty eight hour. Oh, film Solius. Project. Yeah, I yeah. want to talk about that a little bit. Um, okay. But like, um, I know that was a collaborative process. Like, yes. there was like three or four of you guys that wrote that, right? Yes. So, um, there it was produced by Falconeer Productions, mm-hmm. um, who is a local production company, um, and everyone that was in the film pretty much all equally participated. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have some different writers. You'll see they're like directed by one person or you know, um, written by one person. But it, honestly, the whole time, because it's such a short amount of intensive time, mm-hmm. everyone had to contribute Yeah, um, 100%. So it was it was an awesome group and it was like eight of us and we, we got it done. And I think we came up with a really, I liked it a really lot. good film. It was very in- inventive like um, in terms of, I th- think i thought the the use of the voiceover right oh uh, the podcasters as, yeah as a they, way yeah to, they're actually podcasters yeah it's yeah. it's a storytelling device but it's not um uh, oftentimes it'll be a first person uh narration mm-hmm. for, as far as voiceover i think mm-hmm. it's telling a lot of the story without feeling like it's um over doing too much um expository uh work mm-hmm. that's not earned you know what i mean like yeah. I, I think it's a great balance of um, the visual and the auditory experience that like blends like even like a lot of the different sound cues throughout it. I think sound mm-hmm. was one of the things I keyed in on that project. That yeah. I don't necessarily um, usually see on like smaller scale, uh, like lower budget stuff. It's like people yeah. don't really focus on like how important sound is. Yes. In the, uh, the, the production. I thought like, like even like the, um, the sound of the, um, the prescription bottle shaking yeah. like as a like a as a cue yeah just you know really take a mic and we had we had good we had good equipment yeah so you know um our producer took a mic and he just shook it in the same way that i did um or the same way that you would think with the music it would go yeah um and that came out really cool i really like the sound too at the very beginning when you see the foot kind of go down it's a soleus it was like yeah. that like almost distorted thud mm-hmm. that happens a few times i don't know how to describe i don't I didn't compose it, but <laughs> but um, I think that really set the that set the scene. Yeah, that set the scene for what we were going to see in the next seven minutes. Um, and another reason for the narration of the podcasters too was because we're trying to tell almost two stories at once. Mm-hmm. We, you know, have have you talked about the forty eight hour festival at all? No. Okay, so what you get is um, you go and you pick. Um, you pick out of a hat pretty much to lottery and they give you um, a genre, mm-hmm. a name, um, a prop that has to be included and kind of an outline of who that character is. That's fascinating. Cause I always thought <clears throat> I always assumed 
from the outside looking in that it was like you just have 48 hours and you can just do whatever you like. No, because some people, they think some people would bring in their own stuff and just slap it on a screen. Right. And then other people would make a whole film. So they're yeah. like, we need to make sure that you did not make this before and just submit it. So that's, that's fascinating. That's great. So that's what they came up with. So, I mean, we got like an Olympian runner. We had her name. We needed a microphone. And it was a drama. So we were sitting there like, what are we going to do? None of us are an Olympian. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have, you know, this this crazy budget. We don't have these crazy locations. And we came up with the concept of um, someone who was dealing with an injury and became had formed an addiction mm-hmm. and almost like the story of, you know, she has a second shot to be in the Olympics, perhaps. What is she going to do? So we're trying to tell that story with the podcasters who are essentially talking about her. Yeah. And her at home in this smaller city, smaller town, trying to get to that point again. Yeah. And and trying to mix the two without people being like, what's going on? Yeah. You know? Um, so it's, you know, we talked about it almost being like the story, like a very small version of the story of Hercules. Yeah. You know? Um you know, she's not invincible. She's an athlete. You have the podcasters who I felt were like the gods talking. Um, you have the antagonist, which is like Hades. You know, you you have her trying to become basically immortal. You're trying to have her become this hero again. So that's that's kind of where we got the idea. and We made it very modern and um, try to make it a story that people who are dealing with certain things can watch and can feel like they can relate. And feel positive at the end of yeah. it. Yeah, you know, um, there are a lot of good movies about addiction. A lot of them don't end very positively. Yeah. Um. So we wanted something that maybe could inspire more so than depress. Yeah. I guess. Oh yeah. Is the word I want to use here? Yeah. Favorites. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> the. So like, when with the forty-eight hour film project, do they give you? Like, do you have 40 hours, is the 48 hours just for the production itself, or do you have 40 hours to conceive and everything? Everything. Okay. Yeah, everything. You know, Friday night you start, you start writing, Saturday is heavy, you know, shooting, and then Sunday you want to get all your editing done. So, it's everything, and it was insane. Like, so, like, how long do you stay up that Friday night? Like, Like, we stayed up, all of us stayed up, um, from, like, 10... No, earlier, probably like eight or nine. And we stayed up to like maybe 3 a.m. Mm. writing to be up for like 9 a.m. to film. Um, and I had to do a lot of running. And I don't do that often. <laughs> um, so, I mean, Friday to Saturday was a struggle Yeah, for me. Yeah. So how much do you feel like by Saturday morning mm-hmm. when you guys are even like waking up, like how much is do you feel it had was outlined by that point? We had, so we didn't do, we had a solid idea mm-hmm. and we knew how and what arrangement we were going to shoot it according to like light and according to time mm-hmm. and the people we needed to be where at what time. So we had that all arranged waking up Saturday morning. Um, so that made it a lot easier. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you need takes and you need to get the shots right. And, you know, I had extras who didn't show up and I had to replace them with like friends. Yeah. Um, but they, they were fine. They had a great time. Um, and it was, I, I loved the experience. I'm definitely in for the rush and like I, I loved it. Oh, it was it was Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even just like knowing that, it makes the project that much stronger in my head because like mm-hmm. I think it was really well done and I've seen 
<laughs> you know, short films that have had months that yeah. don't feel as like uh complete and like as well envisioned as that does. And mm. that was just like, you know, 48 hours. Yeah. So that's awesome. I, I am definitely going to send this podcast to the group chat because they will be so happy to hear that. Like, no, it was really well done. Yeah. Everyone did such a good job. Like everyone worked really hard on it. Um, And we had a blast doing it too. For so sure. You, you all collaborated on the writing of that and you, you wrote one day by yourself. One day I wrote by myself. Mm -hmm. um, and then I brought the script to a few other people. And they helped me round it out. Mm -hmm. They helped me kind of add some more dialogue in there, make it a little more interesting, flow a little bit better. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I wrote the outline, but some of the dialogue and some of the expressions and stuff like that were definitely other writers as well. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I was asking because like, aside from Solius, mm -hmm. um, how much writing had you done prior to that? Like, like how many, do you do a lot of writing? I do do a lot of writing. Mm -hmm. um, I have a few concepts on my laptop, um, a few short films that I have written out. And I love to write, but I am a collaborative writer, mm -hmm. and I've accepted that about myself. Um, I like to write with other people. I like to bounce ideas off people. So, yeah, I have a lot of outlines, and I have a lot of what I call finished first drafts. Yeah. But, um, you know, if I make another film, I would definitely like like a writer's room. And that's very much a real thing. Oh, for sure. It's 100% a real thing. I don't know if it's the same thing in comedy. Um, is it? Do you have other writers to help you out, or is it mostly just you? So, there is a lot of it. It, it depends. It depends. Like I have jokes that, like, yeah. I had the joke, and then somebody gave me uh the end for it. Like, I mean, like I was trying to, I had a different ending for it. And he's like, what if you said this? And it's like, oh, that opened yeah. up a whole new. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or the jokes like um, I do a thing with a lot of writers, uh, with a lot of comics that I do like um basically a writer's room like we'll like like we'll come mm -hmm. a writing workshop we'll come in with our jokes and or like topics and like we'll pitch so sometimes it'll be a joke like i'm trying to work on this like how can i tighten this part of it up yeah or it could be something where it's like i want to talk about like um my sister's pregnant you know what i mean i want to <laughs> do stuff about that you know what i mean okay. like, where could i go with that you know what i mean yeah but like it's really dependent like some some comics are very precious about like i you know like everything like, but like I, honestly I, I i can't think of too many comics that wouldn't take um, feedback feedback yeah. from another comic that mm -hmm. they respect. Like I, I, I even have jokes that there are comics that I don't think are that funny. They, they gave me like they like. What if you said like that's actually really like I'm, I'm like yeah. shocked. Like, like this like, came from what? you. Like why did you do this for your own jokes? That would, you'd be yeah. really good. Um, so yeah, it's 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 collaborative. Like it's I would say. For me, it's like ninety nine, like ninety five five. But that five yeah. is very important, you know. What yeah. Because I mean? like I usually like I'll I do I overwrite. You know. Do what you? Mean? Like, okay. I used to like I have jokes that were like four four or five notebook pages in the initial mm, draft, okay. and they are like three lines now. Like you know what I mean? Okay. Like, it was just like let me just dump fluff. every. You had fluff. You had a lot of fluff. Yeah. It's like let me just dump every idea I have about this topic on the page, and then like. Either I'll pair it back as I'm like, as I'm going to look at it for a second draft, or like mm -hmm. I'll get on stage and I'm like, okay, I don't realize I don't need any of this. This is not funny. This is not funny. Yeah, this is just a re rehash of this part of the joke already. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And there's so many different genres of comedy. Yeah, like I, you know, I've gone to like comedy shows, and every comedian is a little different. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's an art form in itself. All you guys are a little bit different, and it's just so interesting to see the delivery or like the punchline and how different people would deliver that. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's cool to watch. 
it it is really cool to watch. Yeah, he's like a um. He's like, yeah, no one thinks about things the same way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, even like what would be the punchline? Like, um, you were at the show. I did a show this past weekend. Yep. And yes, you were I there. Was. And um, my buddy Dan, he went on before me. He, had, he was the bearded guy. He was the one talking. <laughs> like, he was he was just talking about nonsense. So that's what Dan I've, does. I was just, I was cracking up at my table and I had no idea why. Because I was like, none of this matches. Yeah. There was a comedian like that who passed away he was real i that's like i can't think of his name right now um I'm trying to think what do he look like blonde kid lanky wore sunglasses a lot mitch hedberg mitch hedberg yeah he was like that that's pretty good pull uh no yeah mitch, mitch i awesome. loved his comedy i still watch some of his specials and it's the same thing none of it aligns it's like 30 second punchlines, and you're just like Wow, that's that's hysterical. We, he's like his his mind works uh, in a fascinating. So like, sad. I wish like my buddy Dan that, that we were just talking about. Like I wish I thought like he does. Like, like mm-hmm. he could he like I he's like he could squeeze blood from a stone type <laughs> of comment. Like like he he can find humor in any. Like he just went up there and he was just talking like nonsense. He was talking about acid reflux. I know. And he was just talking about oh my but I have had a bad day today. Uh, yeah, I found out my my buddy has acid reflux. And he just, <laughs> he just, he spun off of that and by like in like he went from acid reflux in like eventually he was talking about back to the future. Like it went all the over the place. And he's like it was just and it's like, this is all spontaneous. Like it's like it's, like none of yeah. this is written. It's he, he was like our buddy literally was just talking we were off stage about like Yeah and, and like I, my acid reflux was acting up and he just took that on stage. <laughs> and it's like I do that sometimes about like something somebody said just before. Oh but, yeah, like, if you have someone he'll talking do that to you. for twenty minutes. Yeah, you know I mean like he's fearless like that. You know He's I mean? hysterical. Like, I had no idea what the hell he was talking about for the first five minutes. Yeah. And I'm just like, and then it starts to grow on you. Yeah. And you start to realize that's just who he is. Yeah. He's, he's on the podcast fu- yeah. frequently. And, is uh, he? Is, he? There's a lot like that. Tell him I said hi because he's hysterical. Yes, I will. Um, What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. So your writing process, uh, collaborative. Mm-hmm. Um, More collaborative, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome Um, that you know that. You know what I mean? Because some people like could benefit from having mm-hmm. a collaborator or um even just like a, a sort of a guide you know what i mean but they're i've come in contact with that writer i know i know exactly <laughs> the type of writer you're talking about and i've definitely come in contact with that writer or director or whatever yeah so many people are focused yeah. on like the auteurist theory that it's like yeah. it all has to come from me and it's like mm-hmm. not realizing that even like the uh a lot of the the artists that we consider auteurs mm-hmm. Something comes from other like it's all a collaboration, especially with yes. filmmaking. Like you Absolutely. can't make a film on your own. Like even like someone like Robert Rodriguez who would do a lot of the like the the just him and the the very small set. Yeah, you the, still need other people. You know yeah, what I mean? you still need other ideas. Absolutely. So it's it's good that you're aware of that. Of your, like you know, yeah, like know thyself kind of thing. Like, you know what I mean? I think I'm kind of funny, right? But I'm not like a person who could write jokes. So mm-hmm. like if I wrote a comedy and there was a bit that. Was it really selling? Like, what? It didn't have that zest that you need in comedy because comedy is difficult yeah. to write. Like a funny movie, people think it's just like dumb humor. Something like The Hangover is difficult to write and not have people look at it like it's dumb. Yeah, it's it's a fine line. So I would, you know, I would approach someone like you or another comedian or something like, "They're fine," <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know, read this out loud and tell me what you think, because. That's what you do. That's how your brain works. Brains work in a different way. You can always learn from other people. 
You know what I mean? That's what I try to keep in mind. But also trying to stay true to like maybe like the original idea I had in my mind as well. It's a it's a fine balance that you have to find between the two. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 don't think, I don't even think people realize how often that's happening as is. Like most blockbusters, mm-hmm. they, they'll they go, they'll do, there are writing rooms where they'll have- Do you like, see the credits in most blockbusters, how long they are? Because yeah. that's how many people like a lot of times you had to be there. If you see like, a, um, let's just say, a, use a Marvel movie, for example, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times if you see like the acknowledgements, like the thank yous, it's like is a lot of times it'll be comics because those are like or like the like consultants or whatever mm-hmm. because they'll they'll they have a finished script and they're like okay we need to make this funnier so they'll they'll get together a, a room of 10, 20 comics and like make, make it this funny. funny yeah yeah make it funny and it's like and sometimes it doesn't work out um uh it like they kind of they get too funny um or like I was just listening to this podcast and they were talking about um. You know, uh, Gremlins. Yes. Um, Joe Dante uh, is the director, and I think he, the writer of those. Um, they had a writing room. Uh, is a comedian that I whose podcast I listened to, and he was saying mm. like he was a part of the writing room for that. I think it was Gremlins too. Classic. And he Joe Dante hated that experience. Like he's like, I don't like, I don't want this to happen. Like I want it to be my movie. You know I mean, like like they're, tr- yeah. they're they're trying to changing the movie from yeah. what it was. Like I don't. He doesn't. He didn't necessarily mind the collaboration. It was more like like this is not. Gremlins. That's you know what, what I mean? that's when you have to be like, okay, am I being collaborative or am I being walked on? You know, that's 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 the other side of things, isn't it? Yeah. You know, am I is this a collaborative experience or are they taking my idea and making it their own and just be like patting me on the head like it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's good, you know? So you you have to find that medium as well because like I said, it's 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 your story. You want to tell your story too. I don't know. Sometimes it. people will use you as a vessel to get their own ideas out. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they had their own thing. They had, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. Nothing, this has nothing to do with my project. You just had this idea. Exactly. We are ready to go. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, hundred. I agree with you. 110%. Yeah. Um, For sure. And you know, I, I've been luckily knock on wood. I haven't necessarily been in that situation myself. I've seen it happen. Um, And I'm like, you know, like, don't lose sight, you know, make sure that you continue to keep your mind on the prize. Keep your eye on the prize, as they say. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know you're trying to be helpful, but you're kind of taking something away from someone who put their heart and soul into something. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, there was uh, I had a list of questions I sent you that. Uh, you sent me questions. Oh, you didn't get those? No. Damn it. Okay, I didn't fuck. get any of your messages. Damn. All right. I'm just kidding. Who have I been talking <laughs> to? Uh, Wait, we we're, we are on Instagram? Yes. I went to your comedy show? Yes. I think I was talking to another person who went to the comedy show, and they were like, oh, I'm excited about this podcast. So they might be showing up in a few minutes, and like they're going to oh, wonder wow. why I'm already recording. That's a rude awakening. Um, <laughs> these are some questions I usually ask like guests. Um, okay. Like, what's the worst movie you ever saw in theaters? Oh, boy. Worst movie I ever saw in theaters? This is, I, 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 there's a couple I've seen that are bad in theaters. Damn. I want to say the second worst movie that I saw in theaters, or the first worst movie I saw in theaters, was um, Star Wars, uh, the first one that came out after the older one. The Phantom ones. Menace. The Phantom 90, Menace. 99? Yes. Um, with, yes. That was, uh, my brother forced me to watch it. I was not a big Star Wars fan. 
Um, I am more of a Star Wars fan now. I I, I just thought it was cheesy. It's bad. It's not a good movie. It's not like, a good movie. My buddy uh, Jiro, who's a, a guest on the podcast, he he's like a fervent defender of that movie. And like oh, we've no. had like we used to do a different podcast, and like I used to do a different podcast, and mm. he was the engineer for the podcast. Okay, and one time. We got into an argument for forty five minutes, and he's not even a guest on the podcast. He was just the engineer <laughs> because we were talking about Phantom Menace, and he like it, it like it hurt him so bad that he's like he had to get on mic, and we were arguing. The acting is just so it's a bad movie, bad, um, and it's like yeah, it's just not. Good. I love Star Wars, oh. and it's like it's awful. I might get some. Have you seen Bruised? Bruised. What's, what's Halle Berry's new movie on Netflix? Oh, I haven't seen it yet. No. Okay, I'm not gonna ruin anything. No, I, I don't plan to see it. I no. Said yet, like I was, I'm not gonna see it. I'm never gonna see. I it. wasn't the biggest fan. Yeah. That was very close to being like my second choice because I just saw it. Um. Yeah. No. I. I I'm. I don't know. I'm upset about Halle Berry's career. Like, so she directed it. Did you know that? Yes. But like, okay. Remember, like, I mean, Halle Berry won an Oscar in like 2000, what, 2004. How? And she was like. The girl for so she was long. Like, I mean, like, like she was like, if you were talking about, she was the first name that you would uh, use if you you talk about a, a beautiful woman, yeah, or an actress, even an actress. She's in like, songs, yeah, she's, she's in like, movies, yeah. it's like, like you know, the most like, beautiful woman in the world. It's Holly Berry. Like, there's no question, yeah, absolutely. And it's like, what? I mean, there's there's a couple of things at play. <laughs> there's there's what Hollywood does, like in terms of like sometimes you just pick a couple bad roles and then like you're just not. You know, yeah, the it factor like you don't have that yeah. it factor anymore. Like you kind of your career just takes a left turn, and you it's very hard to get it back. And yeah. it's also the I mean Hollywood is just famously a horrible place to be an actress in the sense of uh, <laughs> like you have a very small window of time where you're getting like juicy. Uh, oh, you have no good role. It's not even Hollywood; it's the arts in general. Yeah. Um, you know, like again, I'm not gonna age myself here but it's getting to the point now where i've had photographers be like well you know you're pushing 30 pushing 30 that's insane and i'm sitting there like you're pushing 50 what is your yeah, point yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know you should be honored to be even in a room with Wait, what are you talking about you know um so for women in the industry that is a very very big i've been told you're too skinny you're too this you're too tall you're too fat you're too sh-. everything yeah they they're merciless merciless so I understand being on that high of a pedestal. I, I mean, I can, I don't understand. Not it's Hallie freaking Barry, but being that high up on a pedestal, and then trying to come back and how intimidating that might be. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just like it's it's a wonder because like you know, like you said, you get to a certain age and they just like they talk about a lot uh, how at a certain point it's like you get to a certain age and like you're just mm-hmm. automatically a mom in movies. Like it's like. I'm yeah. only like 35, and it's like, why yeah. am I this character's mom? You know yeah, I mean? but it's also like, I, I don't know, like, when is the last, like, when is the last? Was Monsters Ball the last Monsters time he was actually a, in a great movie? You know what I mean? Like, a I would great say movie. probably Monsters Ball. That's crazy. That was like 2004. Yeah, I know. And it's like, again, is it? Is it? Did she start picking bad roles, or did she? Or did 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 her career go in the way that she wanted to? You know, because sometimes we think of. Do you remember Catwoman? What happened with that? I mean, that was. One Do you remember of, yeah. how bad that was? That, that was really bad. That was one. Okay, aside yeah. from Catwoman, I know she, she didn't want that to happen. But like, <laughs> you know, sometimes like people start taking roles because like, I just want money. I yeah. just want like easy. I want work. exposure. Like Bruce Willis is like a famously like awful actor. He'll, Die Hard. He'll act in anything now. Yeah, and he and he half asses it because he's like, I'm just, I'm just. I'm Bruce Willis. Yeah, you know I mean, it's like he, he it, it's very difficult to rank. Like he's 
famously a very diff- difficult person to work with. Yeah. But he works all with... It, you wouldn't. You would be surprised how many direct-to-video Bruce uh, movies Bruce Willis is in. Because he's like he just he's like this is easy. You know what I mean? Like I just yeah show two up two weeks of work and I'm yeah. fucking. They're gonna pay me a lot because I'm Bruce. I'm the name on this. Yeah, like, I can't pay he more is than a, he's his own label. Yeah, Thinks, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hollywood Berry's career just makes me sad because she was like I mean she's the Oscar-winning actress and like the yeah. last thing I was like I was like oh this is good it was like she was in John Wick three and I was like oh this is cool that she has these dogs and they're but like <laughs> did you did you read bit. about that. What about what? John Wick 3. What about it? So, I heard through the grapevine mm. that Juicy she... insider secrets. Juicy secrets. Um, I heard through the grapevine that she actually kind of demanded to be in John Wick 3, not the other way around. Oh, and she's like, I'm going to be in this. That's what I heard. I could be completely wrong. That's fascinating. Don't come after me, Halle Berry. <laughs> actually, that's fine if you do. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't be mad if at you. If you don't come after her, come after me. Please. She, <laughs> I'm, I'm here. If Halle Berry was just like in the studio, I'd be like, <laughs> okay, that worked. Um, but yeah, that's what I heard. I don't. I could be. I could be completely off. Yeah. But that is what I heard. That's I like. I like that. Like, I think. I think uh, the girl knows what she wants. She she, she knows, knows what she wants, wants. and she. Like, Despite not having been in a lot of great stuff in recent years, she's still like, who's going to say no to Holly Berry? I mean, I guess some directors might, but like, no. like I feel like Keanu is also like such a famously nice guy. And, I like, love Keanu guy. so like, I'm much. Sure he was like, yes, let's get Holly Berry in this. So. You have no idea. I love that man so much. I love Keanu. Ever since I saw him in Speed. Great movie. Such a good movie. And Bullock is amazing. She's another great one. Awesome. Everyone, she's a pleasure to work with. So I've read. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are like staples. Mm-hmm. Those names are like st- you're never gonna forget Johnny Depp. Who's gonna forget Leo? Like yeah. those are people you're never gonna forget. You know. You say you're a huge Keanu fan, right? I do like so Keanu. This is, a, this is a huge question for me. Mm-hmm. Matrix. What do you? What, how? Like? Oh, I'm stoked. Yes. Okay. I am good. stoked to see the new Matrix. What do you think about the Matrix sequels? This is my question. What do you like? Because I am of, of, of the opinion the Matrix. The first Matrix is one of the most perfect movies ever oh, like, yeah. put to film. Absolutely. Like, period. But yeah. the Matrix sequels mm-hmm. famously maligned. Uh, like people just didn't yes. like them. I'm a defender of the Matrix sequels. So what is your take? Like, What do you think of them? I enjoy them. Mm-hmm. They're entertaining, but nothing, nothing is going to come close to the original Matrix. I don't even expect this to come close to the original yeah. movie. Um, I think it's going to be very entertaining. Um, but again, you know, Matrix is cl- they the perfection in the first Matrix from unreal. the script to the acting to the costume to the music to the CGI of the time. You can't top it. There's nothing yeah. you could do. You know. Um, but I mean, they're not bad. Wait, that's that's, that's uh, they're not. I'm not. I don't hate them. I I I enjoy watching them. I will you, watch you them. Watch. I I rewatched. The Matrix, like the first Matrix, at least once a year, and then I've I've started to now reincorporate the sequels into that. As okay. Well. Like, so when's the last time you've actually seen the Matrix sequels? It's probably been a while, right? It's been a while. Yes, yeah, it's like it's, it's been a while. Yeah. I always turn to the original. Yeah. I always watch the original again. Yeah. yeah it's because it's, it's it's like you said it's perfect. Yeah. But like um the thing the reason I ask is because I feel like you're right. You can't top the Matrix. I mm-hmm. think the best thing you could do is expand the Matrix. You know what I mean? Like it's like yes. so you, like you like plateauing feels bad, but like in that case, it's good because it's such a high. I feel peak. like the sequels did that. Yeah. I, I think it. I, I think, think it reached that. I must say, I, th- I think that's the best thing about them. Is yeah. That like I think at their worst, there is moments where it's like they've just kind of lost the thread. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think like 
there's so many interesting ideas in the Matrix sequels. Um, I'm gonna be talking about the Matrix a lot. No, you're fine. Like, you're fine. You're fine. So, so we were talking about the Matrix before. It's, uh, it's an am, it's an amazing yeah. series. It's so good. And we just were gifted another one, and yeah. I want to see how that turns out. I really do. I'm no, excited I'm to see that. Out of this world, excited. Um, what are we? Uh, what's your favorite sequel? My favorite sequel to any film. Yeah, just the, just in general. Like, like, what's the best sequel to you? Um, that's another one. That's another tough one. Cause I'm not a big sequel person. Mm. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a big sequel person. Um, I try my best to not watch sequels. You you avoid sequels. I do avoid sequels. That's interesting. I do avoid sequels. I because is it like is it born out of like you've been disappointed by sequels so often or it's just like you, I've, I've had enough I got enough out of the first entry it's a mix of both mm. it's a mix of both um, and a lot of the sequels I have watched are like kids movie sequels because as I got older I wasn't really big and I mean if you want to count I was a massive like Hunger Games fan when those came out mm -hmm. so if you want to count those as sequels yeah, um, count. and Harry Potter same thing huge Harry Potter fan um, so the Order of the Phoenix is probably my favorite sequel. That's my favorite book. Is it? Yeah. I haven't read the book in a very long well, like, time. Not, not my favorite book of all time, but like my favorite of the, of the series. Book. Yeah. yeah. Let so, me just clarify that. Another one. Isn't like Harry Potter coming back for a minute too now? Yeah. Yeah. They got they got a Harry Potter game coming. They got mm -hmm. the reunion happening. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But that and like uh, the second Hunger Games I thought was really good. Uh, Catching Fire was good. It was probably Catching the best Fire. of those uh, yeah. movies. Um, and I just liked her as a character. Katniss is great. I read the books in like high school or middle school. I don't remember. Those books one. were huge. They were like, massive. They were like, yeah, that was a big fucking. The writer's movie. from Connecticut. Is she? She is. Suzanne Collins. Suzanne Collins know. is from Connecticut, and so is the writer of Thirteen Reasons Why. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, I didn't know that person was from Connecticut. Yeah, they're both um, from Connecticut. Yeah, very yeah. local. Um, damn, I gotta, I gotta catch up. I gotta like. We gotta. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to be like the most like not famous. I'm entertained. Person, I want to have. I'm having like, a good time. No, I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. I want to have like, I want to be like the Connecticut person. Like, I want to be like, when you think of Connecticut, I want to be like, that guy's from, like, you know what I mean, like, I want, like, do we have one of those? John Mayer. Do you, oh, you're right. I'm not a you're, John Mayer guy, but like, he's, you're like, right. Yeah. You're right. You're John right, John Mayer. Mm -hmm. I need to, I, 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 I'll probably never top John Mayer, but like, at least in my field. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like as a writer or something, like, damn. So you're not going to sing Your Body is a Wonderland? I will sing that. Will you? We'll close the show with that. Let's do it. No, I'm not. Are you sure? Only because I don't know the lyrics. You have if, to top if, John if Mayer. I, if I knew the lyrics, <laughs> I would I would do it. Just um, Google him. All right. Damn. You just put the pressure on me. Um, um, so if you go to see a movie in a theater, do you prefer to like watch it like as a matinee or like with a packed house? Oh, packed house. Packed house always. Hundred percent. I'm the same way with theater too. I'm a big Broadway person. Packed house. Yeah, generally like a packed house. But there's movies. There are movies that I've seen, uh, like a few people in the theater or like just me mm -hmm. and uh it was it i feel like it it made it enhanced the experience i feel like that with dune you saw that in like a i saw it in imax I, I i took the time i took the money i wanted to go see it in imax gotcha. because yeah, it's, it's, it's so well it. made yeah yeah like i saw um park chan wook's um the handmaiden okay um yep. at the uh, the criterion theater uh in new haven right and, like, there like that they have that like little small mm -hmm. theater off to the side they do the local stuff yeah, yeah, and they, they, that was playing in there, and I was the only person in there, and it felt like I was like in my 
like basement home theater. Yeah, it's it comfy. Felt, it was so cool. Like, it's it comfy. was the best experience. Um, I wish I. Uh, it made me like really. That's like my biggest goal in life. I don't want to be rich. I just want to have a nice basement <laughs> like home yeah. um, theater. Um, okay, who's your favorite director? Um, I still want to stick with Tarantino. I think. What is your least favorite movie from your favorite director? Pulp Fiction. Pulp fi- That is insane. Pulp Fiction. That is your least favorite. Yeah. I've never... That's it. That is a wild take. Isn't that crazy? What? Like... Okay, so... So overhyped. It's overhyped. So overhyped. This I, is I fascinating. Lo- I like Pulp Fiction as a movie, uh-huh. but out of his movies, it's, I mean, one of my favorites is Jackie Brown, which has like no violence in it. Uh-huh. Um, Hateful Eight was great. I thought that was super underestimated. You like Hateful Eight better than Pulp Fiction? It's okay if you do. I'm just, I'm just, I I'm mean, just trying to clarify because this is. I've never like. Pulp this is, Fiction is classic. I had, I have the poster. I still love it. It's still one of my favorite movies. But I just thought, as he got older, he became more creative mm-hmm. and more inclusive. And I don't know. Like, did you see? You saw Django. Yeah. Who puts Tupac in a western and makes it work? Yeah, yeah. It's stuff like that. I love that Django. I, I, like, I like. That's the kind of the, or the suit. Yeah. Like it's stuff like that that he, as he got older and more experienced, he expands, he expands and, yeah. and he makes you know no, just, more I, memorable it's, 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 things. I've never, I've, I, like if if I just would have never guessed Pulp Fiction to be like that, that would be the answer. That's fascinating. What's yours? My least favorite from Tarantino. Tarantino. Um, I'd probably say Hateful Eight. Okay. Or. Uh, yeah, and it's I not like easy. Yeah. It's not easy, right? Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Um. And I would say I, Hateful Eight or Death Proof, and only because I haven't oh, I haven't seen good. Death Proof in so long that I can't I don't have yeah. a firm opinion on it, so I'd have yeah. to say like, I know it's not one of my favorites, so it'd probably be my least favorite. Just by and when I say my least favorite Tarantino movie, it's like my second least and least. It's like so closely compared yeah. that it, I no I, it's yeah just, it's just it's just, a, it's just I think it's just an interesting question like uh, oh you know absolutely to ask like because like just wondering like what people what you didn't connect with from the person that you connect with the most you know what yeah I mean? um yeah yeah i'm uh i would have never guessed full fiction i would have thought you'd have been like uh like, death proof yeah death proof yeah <laughs> death proof is death proof is there it's there it's a good movie but think what death proof is it's hard to judge death proof because it's not <clears throat> It doesn't feel like a Tarantino movie, mm-hmm. like like the move, like he it, it it feels like a novelty. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, also it's also collaboration. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. not in the. It almost feels like it's outside of the world of like it shouldn't count as one of his movies. You know what yeah, I mean? it's like a it's a it's a spin off different thing. Yeah, um, so yeah, it's hard to count that. But um, yeah, I probably say hey, and I like hey, like again, it, it's it's like he's so good, so it's like it's even, hard. Even it's a not difficult question. Hateful Eight. Yeah. Uh, as much it's still like. This guy's is good. Like the depth of field in Hateful Eight, like yeah, it's so. Uh, um, fun fact: Hateful Eight was supposed to be a play. Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to be a play. Wasn't even supposed to be a movie. I I want to see because like, he. Uh, I want to see him do it as a play. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see it as a play. I mean, you, you you can see it in the framing and the blocking of that movie that like yeah, I mean, it's a largely a play. I want it to be. I want to see an actual. I want a yeah. two month run on Broadway of yes. Hateful Eight. I want to see how they do that. Yeah, I want to see. He talks a lot about, um, you know, his he's on this big like I'm only doing ten movies, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna write novels and yeah, other stuff. Like, <clears throat> obviously, I want to see Tarantino make movies 
until he fucking dies on set. Like, uh, that's like, but yeah, I'm interested to see like that. If he sticks with that, like what that that half of his career, like like yeah, how successful is he, he going to retire? Or is he just going to run himself into the ground? Yeah, I mean it's Tarantino. He's probably going to run himself into the ground. I, I, I just it just <laughs> like as someone who loves his movies as loves movies as much as that, and guy the connection does, with music that he has with the movies, I just can't insane. imagine him not doing it like anymore. Like it's no. just like it just seems like why it's would a, you stop? It's like, what he does. Yeah, but like you know, people have different ideas about themselves. Um, last question. Yes. What is your favorite movie theater snack? I like Bunch of Crunch. Bunch of Crunch. I love Bunch of Crunch. I eat Bunch of Crunch all the time. Mm-hmm. They just like casually. Just casually. Yeah, at a bus stop. Like if just you like, just if you see me at a red light, you just snacking on yeah. some Bunch of Crunch. Like you put like, are you like a I mix candy and my popcorn type of person? I am. You put the. I am. You, you dump a. You or dump like a I just go straight for caramel corn. Oh, okay. Like straight in there, just, yeah. I got, I got caramel corn, caramel corn. It's caramel, right? It's caramel corn. There, there is caramel corn. Right? There's also kettle corn. Result is there? It, that's the thing that exists. There's like white cheddar too, or yeah, something. I don't do that. I don't. It's too powdery. Yeah, I don't like. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I'd much rather have like a, a block of block of cheese. <laughs> do not- you think someone can make bunch of crunch popcorn like a Christmas novelty? And sell it. They have those things now. Like, have you seen like like it's like Oreo popcorn? I've things? had them and they're delicious. Are they? It they're is- really good. Okay. I also have a. I just love sweets. I'm just, I'm, I'm just yeah, that I'm, person. I'm that person as well. I'm the person like will go out and be like, "Where are you going? I'm gonna get a candy bar." Like like a five year old. That's all I'm gonna get is a candy bar. Nice. Yeah. Bunch of crunch. Bunch of crunch. I haven't had a bunch of crunch in years. You should you should get on that. All right. Get on that. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna feel nostalgic. Go watch Lion King, eat some Bunch Crunch. Just get back to the better times when there was yeah. a good Lion King movie out there. Exactly. There was only one Lion King movie, and it was watch good. Scar be sassy. Yeah, it lifts my spirits. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lion King sequels, you like those? I, I actually like Lion King two as its own a lot. It's pretty good. Kovu, Kovu's pretty, you know. It's pretty smooth. He's he's doing a lot of like they put a lot of pressure on Kovu to, to, to live up to the first movie. And I think he I think he handles it. Uh, I love Kovu. I love him. Like I was like he's a stand up he's a stand up dude. You yeah. know, you don't think it. You know, and and that, that it's brought, colorism. That's why you don't think it. They fucking all the dark lions are supposed <laughs> to be bad and the hyenas are bad and like that's why like Kovu's a good guy. They what like at the beginning of the movie like and Kovu has stuff. like the best voice. Great voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, who is this smooth talker with this freaking lion? I look up the guy. Oh, that's why she's in. She was seduced by. Kobu. I was seduced by Kovu's voice. Yes, if if he's out there, I don't know his name. Well, Kovu, if you're out there, Kobu. we have uh, an eligible bachelorette uh, ready to. Uh, Not the lion, the guy who does no, the lion's voice. No, I'm talking about the lion, Kovu. I don't want the lion. Travel here. Somebody do you think they Kobu sell like Kovu like plushies? No, I don't think they do. No. I feel like they 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 I feel like they merchandise everything, but uh, oh you're a furry yeah that's what we're no. learning here that, that you're a furry <laughs> this is sad that, we just put it together that went south very quickly yes like forgive my pun the, no I won't I won't forget <laughs> um this is something that's gonna stick with me um damn you're a furry okay that explains so much furries are I'm not gonna get into it P- get into it. <laughs> Furries are, uh, I mean, to each their own. Right. There's also like knife play. Did you know that was a thing? Yeah. What the fuck is that? I'm a knife play guy. That's why I knew. No. Um, 
Like, there's weird stuff out there, like furry stuff. I'm Would like, you date a furry? No. And I'm pretty open to dating people. Okay, who, who's your, who's like your celebrity crush? <sighs> You're gonna laugh at me. No, no, no. I'm just. I have a couple. I have a list. So I've composed a list. Okay. Um, Andy Samberg's up there for okay. me. Okay. I love him. All right. So let's imagine Andy Samberg. Okay. Eligible. Yes. Interested in you. Yes. You go on a date. My heart's racing. Goes well. Okay. Couple more dates. Still yeah. go well. Then uh, he drops the bomb on you. Uh, I'm a furry. Where does it go? From? You 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 end this relationship. I end Andy's... it, and then I call Childish Gambino, and I'm like, "What you doing?" Well, okay. <laughs> like okay, go. I'll be like, "It's very close, very close in competition." I'll just, I'll be like, "What are you doing?" I and if then it. if he's a furry, I'd be like, "I don't know." If he okay, so if, okay, I don't know. If, if okay, you go through Eddie Sandberg, right? Furry, right? Right? All right. Bye. Next call. Make my next call. Childish Gambino. Uh huh. Furry. You're like fuck. All right, next call. Okay, who's third, right? Whoever's third. Yeah. If you get to the third person and they're also a furry, at what point do you say, I'm just going to have to date a furry? You know what I mean? Like, what point do you give in? I'll just be like, how do I get here? <laughs> how do I even get here right now? Yeah. I mean, would you date a furry? No. How furry is furry? Because I know there's some girl. <laughs> I know there's some, like, people who, like, you know... That's a good question. They put you know on what? the skirt with the would... fur and the outfit a little bit, and that's kind of sexy. No, I, but I hate it. I like I like, like the people <laughs> with the giant like mascot heads on and shit. It's, I don't get it. I just because it's a type of the, we got it. We got The flaw in this is that I feel like are we gonna offend some furries here in New Haven? I hope so. I, I, I get them are out they, of my <laughs> city. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. That was all. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like the reason I could say firmly that I wouldn't date a furry. Mm-hmm. Because like furries, <laughs> like there's a type oh, no. of person that is a, like you know them when you, like like I feel like you would never. The flaw in that um that game I was playing is that you wouldn't find out that Adam like Andy Samberg is a furry because like it's so like people yeah. wear that so like outwardly yeah um that it was like like you would know I thought you were progressive I'm progressive I thought you were progressive. <laughs> I just I I won't I won't go there. I I mean I'll take there. I'll take back the you get out. What of about my the city. knife play? Uh, I'm into that. I'll date a knife play person. You will. Like, so oh, you will risk your life with knife play. If but you won't bang someone in a mascot costume. Sur- uh, <laughs> <laughs> Those costumes are fucking. They smell bad, man. I don't know like, if they if they do a good job dry cleaning the costume, then we could talk. But the knife play thing, <laughs> I feel like. I wouldn't date just any knife. I'm thinking like I'm talking about certified, like like somebody who's like who's got like certificates of like I've, do I've done that? training with knives, like you know what I mean, like matrix training. Yeah, like, See, like if Keanu, Keanu, like if he dressed up and oh, I'd fucking date Keanu, dude. If he dressed up and he was like red red pill or blue pill, we're gonna do some knife play. But I'm about it. Yeah, I'm about it. Exactly. But that's the only exception. Okay, only exception. Keanu, um, Keanu's the winner of this podcast. He. Um, <laughs> He's. I mean, Keanu is in, in many ways the soul of this podcast. Uh, he is because uh, Keanu, if you're if you're with us, if you're if you're with us, you're like with if us. you said, like he, like, <laughs> like his spirit is in the room. If you're with Keanu. us, just, uh, I felt the breeze go through the room, and that's why I knew Keanu was there when it was when there was one set of the Hawaiian breeze. When there's one set of footprints in the sand, that's when uh, Keanu was carrying you. 
that's a beautiful sight to be seen. Yeah. All yeah. right. Um, I think that's it. Uh, I think that's it. You got anything you want to plug? You want to plug your furry uh, Instagram? Your secret? <laughs> uh, your furry <laughs> finsta? Um, You're taking the Kofu part of this out, right? No. <laughs> that's going up. We're actually going to move that up top. Oh my god. Um um as far as plugging anything, um one day is coming out next month. Okay. Um and I will make sure that I'll try to get as many people to see it as possible. We might be doing a little showing, a little party or something or other. I'll let you know. Yeah, let me know and I'll uh, I'll promote it when it comes out on the podcast. That would be awesome. It. Um All right, Ali Palazzo, motherfucking model, actress, filmmaker and now podcaster podcaster oh she's gonna be she's an official podcast she's not even a guest anymore she's a podcaster (laughs) she's fucking she's fucking staking her claim official perfect all right um as we always say at the end of the episode uh cut